Welcome to the DudeCast, the official podcast of Deuteronomy, where we seek to resurrect biblical masculinity. I'm your host, Corey, and with me tonight is my dear friend, Philip. Uh, Philip, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Wonderful. How about how about yourself? I'm doing great. Um, I'm glad to be back. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about Mars Hill. Um, and by Mars Hill, I don't mean uh, Mars Hill in Athens. <laughs> uh, or no, was it, was it Athens that Mars Hill was at, or is it in Rome? It, it's somewhere in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul talked at it. But no, this is the Mars Hill in Seattle, <laughs> uh, Mark Driscoll's famous church. Um, there's a lot of Mars Hill talk right now. Um, but we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, but before we get into that, we do have a few things. Um, first of which is that we are back. It has been, what, uh, a month Almost. Oh my goodness. Something like that. Yeah. It has been a while. Um, so we're excited to be back recording. Um, for those of you guys who've been listening and waiting patiently on us, thank you guys. Um, I'd mentioned before that I started a new job and I had to go do some multi-week training for that job to make sure I could do it correctly. Uh, so that's why I've been unable to record and editing is hard. And so Phil didn't want to do it. Uh, so well, that's, that's why we just did a pause. In my defense, though, I was in uh, Ohio for a little bit of that, and then I was on vacation, and I quite honestly just didn't feel like doing it. And uh, I tried talking my wife into recording a podcast, but we got a six-year-old, and we couldn't really find time because, quite honestly, after she goes to bed at night, I really don't feel like going downstairs and setting everything up and recording a podcast when I can just binge watch stupid shows on TV for an hour and a half before I fall asleep. So that's what I did. That's very fair. That's that's Indeed. very fair. Um, but a few things have happened since we've been gone. Um, <laughs> I just realized that we could have talked about the thing in Afghanistan, but we're definitely not going to. Um, oh, yeah. That would just be exhausting. Well, out of all the hornet's nests that we have kicked in the last few days, that is not the one <laughs> that I feel like kicking next. Yeah, yeah. Imagine we'd make a bunch of people mad by calling Mormons <laughs> false Christians. Who would have thought? Uh, uh, but no, uh, actually, an awesome thing that happened while we were gone is our page hit fifteen thousand fans. Indeed, it fifteen thousand. Was it just a little more than a year ago that we were celebrating five? Like not not long after mm-hmm. I got on with Dude, it was five, right? And then yeah, um, at the beginning of the year or something like that. Yeah, well, that, that's actually kind of an interesting story of how like the growth that we've seen this last year. Uh, it was may and there's there's like one meme that i can like we look back and like this is what started the relaunch it was the gym uh meme it, it right? was the it was the it was, no it was the uh we took all of the characters from the office and assigned them to a denomination oh that was before me i don't remember that one yeah it was let's see uh my wife and i were just sitting around one day talking and i don't know how we got on that conversation and we made it and it was actually kind of her idea and up until that point, like all of us had been so busy and we just did not have the time. And then we posted that. And then at that time I was kind of in between churches. So I had a lot of free time. So mm-hmm. when I get bored, I write and make memes. And out of that came a book and more memes for the page. So <laughs> that's kind of what we did. And then it kind of just started. And then over the last year, we've gone from, we had 5,000 in May of 2020 like just over 5,000. And then um, last month we crossed over, actually it was just about two weeks ago, we crossed over to the 15,000 mark. And now we're at 15,200 and something. Mm-hmm. So just we're still really cool growth. Yeah. I'm really, really hoping to be at 20,000 by the end of the year. Yeah. So, so those of you guys who uh, follow, well, one, if you're listening to this, you're a listener of the podcast. But so those of you guys who listen, but also follow uh, our Facebook page and our social media, thank you guys so much. It's so cool. Um, we know that we're this really weird thing. We're like we we obviously post a ton of nonsense and humor because oh, that's yeah. just who we are. But we also post mm-hmm. serious stuff. So we like to view what we do um, as some weird like faux ministry, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, um, because yeah. amongst all the nonsense we do actually we've been able to do like a ton of like actual counseling and stuff over mm-hmm. facebook messenger 
like, you know, shout out to Zuck for that. Like we've done a ton of counseling yeah. through Facebook Messenger. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and because of that page. So if we mm-hmm. do, you know, 50 posts worth of nonsense and we get like one genuine like, hey, I'm struggling with this or hey, I need help or hey, I need mm-hmm. an answer. And we're able to kind of point somebody in the right direction. And that mm-hmm. kind of makes it all worth it. And yeah. it, it's fun along the way doing that. Yeah. And, you know, this is I know. And that kind of adds some insight as to why, like, where whenever we get people that are like, you shouldn't be posting this. It's like, OK. All right. Because you guys don't see the behind the scenes. Uh, people people don't they don't see the people that message us and saying like hey i'm struggling with this i need your advice or hey i need uh, i'm looking for a church can you point me in the right direction of a solid church in this area or the i mean we've gotten countless messages from people saying like you know your daily reminders have have reinvigorated my heart towards reading the scriptures mm-hmm. um we've had a couple like i i say this because this is on the forefront of my mind we've had a couple people message the page saying like Mormons saying that like, Hey, uh, you know, you posted this and it made me very angry and I looked into the claim and you were right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, I, I know of one personally, uh, that has just flat out walked away from the Mormon faith because we posted a stupid meme. Yeah. And so like when people get mad and, a lot of people got mad at this most recent meme, but you know yeah. what? Like we're, we're speaking the truth and I mean, the Lord's working in it. Mm-hmm. People may get angry about it, but quite honestly, the, the truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive and I'm not personally, I'm not going to back down from it. If you don't like it, that's fine. Hit the unfollow mm-hmm. button. I hate <laughs> to see you go, but at the same time, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to pick capitulate truth just because you don't like the, the me format of a meme. Good vocabulary. Follow word. Thank you, sir. Capitulate. Very nice. I do what I can. Yeah. And so My word of the day. And you're right. Like anything that we post, especially if it's kind of harsh, it's rare that we do something that doesn't have any context to it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's rare that one of us comes up with a meme, like a meme or a post and be like, wow, that's really sharp. That could hurt somebody's feelings that there isn't some sort of contextual buildup to it. And just to give mm-hmm. an example. Okay. So we're recording this on Wednesday, September the 1st at like, well, mm-hmm. it's it's almost nine o'clock. Uh, the meme that we posted today that made people mad was about the LDS church and essentially historical church history and archaeological evidence, just taking the claims of the LDS and just making a complete mockery out of it. Um, yeah. This all kind of came from yesterday. You had a lengthy, lengthy conversation with a gentleman who uh, identified with the Church of Latter-day Saints, of Je- Church of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. of Latter-day Saints, the, the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. And some of the claims that this guy made were just ridiculous, but I believe he wholeheartedly believed it. Um, yeah. And so that's why, you know, it, it, it's it's great to have those conversations. It, it definitely sharpens because uh, – you know, you you do such mm-hmm. a good job of like responding to these people intelligently. Um, but also, you know, like when they get smart, snarky, you snark back. And I, I love that part. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, uh, but that's, that's kind of where this meme came from is uh, I read your conversation with him and it frustrating mm-hmm. me that somebody you know, like, it's just so ridiculous. And so I, I made the meme that's made tons of people mad today. And, but I'll hang my hat on it. I, I love it. We've got a couple more coming here in the <laughs> next couple of days. It'll be cool. Oh, I can't wait. Six days, man. Six days. Yeah. Next Tuesday. Yeah. The the purge. I've got. So yeah, I mean, you if, saw the ones. If you're you listening, saw the ones I sent this, last night. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're recording on a Wednesday night. I'm gonna edit it, edit and release this basically next Tuesday morning after the Labor Day holiday. Um, so if you're listening to this while you're at work Tuesday, go ahead and go over to the Deuteronomy Facebook page. Um, cause Phil is doing like un unedited, unchecked where <laughs> any meme we post, we send to the group and we kind of get a vote like, Hey, am I crazy or is this okay? And then if, if, mm-hmm. if we're, if ever most, all of us are in agreement, we'll send it out. Um, these mm-hmm. are ones that Phil is getting. He's not bouncing them off of us. He, it's, it's literally like post everything you want. And <laughs> knowing knowing you, I suspect that Sunday night you're going to get an idea for like six or seven more, and you're going to post mm-hmm. a meme every 
two hours Tuesday just to just to get it all out. <laughs> well, all right. There's been there, there's some context behind this too. Okay, um, when we started the relaunch, uh, I've always <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of how to how to word this, and, and you kn- you know me, so like you'll know what I'm trying to say. Um, it's not. <laughs> If if there's if I think something is wrong, I'm going to say that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I typically don't care if people get mad at that. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm making, especially when it comes to the faith, if I'm making a claim that I think something is wrong, and mo- every time I, I every time I, I make a public statement about something being wrong, it's because I firmly believe that this is wrong. But when we started the page. Uh, when we started this relaunch, there were certain topics that they we we kind of just agreed like, okay, yeah, like yeah, I feel very strongly about this, but um, not everyone else does, and this may alienate the audience. Probably be best if yeah. there weren't there were certain topics that you just kind of shied away from. Uh, First instance, podcast of- we ever recorded, I had to edit uh, the, after the initial release because I talked about mm-hmm. something that I am very strongly. Like it's it's a doctrine I hold very strongly too, but not mm-hmm. everybody else, not even everybody else on our leadership board, yeah, um, does. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I edited yeah. that out. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but one of those one of those things that that I feel very strongly about is the theology of the Roman Catholic Church. I have very strong opinions about about the theology that has came that has come from Rome, uh, and that's come out a little bit in the comments when we've made like kind of like a joke, like "aha, uh, popes wear funny's hat." Or Pope wears a funny hat, like haha, um, and that's kind of the extent of what I've said about like the Catholics. And then now, or or Alex is kind of like, you know what? Let's do it. Like just just let it all out. You get twenty four hours. And, and so I, I looked at Rainy and I was like, there's going to be a lot of Catholic Catholic stuff. And she's like, people are going to get mad. And like it's my time to shine, baby. It's my <laughs> time to shine. Yeah. And then I sent you a couple. Very, I had that one with the. Uh, <laughs> with the Pope and the SpongeBob one. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it just because I, I love your sense of humor because it, it is very similar to mine, which probably makes me a little bit of a narcissist, but um, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Uh, so um, in addition to that, so next Tuesday is going to be a fun day for you. You're also yeah. doing something pretty cool this weekend. Would you like to tell the good people at home what that is? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, well, this week I am doing or Deuteronomy is doing our first official speaking engagement. Yeah. Uh, one of our follow one of our followers has messaged the page. They did this back in, oh goodness, it must have been December. And they they reached out to us and they said, Hey, uh, we're having a retreat for Labor Day and we want one of you guys to come. And I'm not gonna lie, like when that first popped up, I'm thinking like, oh, dude, I want this. I want to do this so bad. Mm-hmm. And so, but I was kind of like, I'll let everyone else like see who wants to do it and then everyone's like no nah, i don't want to do it and it's like well, i'm doing it mm-hmm. i'm so excited but yeah uh we're i'm going to north carolina and there is a church out there that is having a retreat and they've asked me to come speak so um friday morning my wife daughter and i are packing up and heading to north carolina i will speak friday night twice on saturday twice on sunday and then once monday morning mm-hmm. um and i'm actually you're like pretty excited about this because it's going to the 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 theme is kind of overall it's the gospel mm-hmm. uh, the first session is like who we are and and you know being dead in sins and then we next session is who is jesus and then what is the gospel and then what's the call of the gospel what that looks like well then what does the gospel look like in the life of the believer and then the last one is how we take the gospel to the world so the entire theme is going to be centered on the gospel you're doing and a little I, systematic theology there I like it. A little bit, yeah. You're starting with man instead of God, but I get it. Yeah. Well, like, I, I want I, – I, the, the purpose of that is is to illustrate, like, I, I you, you know the phrase, like, get them lost before you get them saved? Yes. I, I, you've, you've, I, I want them to understand, like, the severity of our sin – so they, when they get, when we start dealing with, you know, how great the grace of God is, that that is on their mind, like how bad 
we are in compared to how good Christ is. Absolutely. So I understand that. So if, if, if I start with like, you know, God's awesome. I mean, he is. Then, you know, we kind of run the risk of like, oh, God's awesome. Like, oh, but God's God's awesome, but I'm bad. Whereas if, you know, we start like, you know, you're dead in sins, you are, uh, there's no good in you, you're born in iniquity. And then like, then you hit them with like how good God is. It kind of sets the stage for the gospel. Yeah. If that makes any oh, sense. I'm yeah, no, I totally understand it. it. I'm excited about it. <laughs> did, you get, did, you, did you catch what I did? You sneezed. I, yeah, uh, total depravity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, dude, we're excited cool. about that too. Um, hopefully, we're going to make your wife take a bunch of pictures. That way, we can put that on social media. And if, so, if anybody else is interested in having one of us talk, uh, do, do a series of teachings, whatever, or a group of us. If you wanted all of us for some reason, um, we love to do stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, this we're, this is exciting for us. Deep. Like I mentioned earlier, we like to view what we do as like faux ministry, um, but eventually we would like this to be able to come like be able to become a legit ministry where like what we do is ministry um, and humor also. But right now we're having to do the humor to build up credibility so we can do the ministry, which is odd because most people like. We post a lot of dumb stuff, and yet even in our dumb stuff, people are like, hmm, I value your opinion. Well, I mean, Joe Rogan is just, a stand-up comedian in a in a jiu-jitsu, or uh, he, was, uh, he was a taekwondo, was it taekwondo? Brazilian jiu-jitsu, isn't it? Well, he eventually did jiu-jitsu, but anyway, like, he, he's a mixed martial artist and a stand-up comedian, but now, because he spent so much time talking to people and... That's what he did, basically. He talked to funny people, and then he talked to serious people. And now Joe Rogan is considered to be a, you know, like a a, a thought leader in our country and yeah, culture. that's – who would have thought that the guy that made people eat deer testicles on Fear Factor is now considered <laughs> to be the voice of reason in America? Amongst much other things. <laughs> Many yeah, other things. Yeah. Well, my grammar <laughs> is great tonight. Um but speaking of grammar being important, you should read a book uh, if, if you're like me. <laughs> if your grammar no good much, nice. read a book. And you can read a book through Audible. <laughs> uh, guys, Audible still sponsors us somehow. Um, they're great. Uh, and if you go to audibletrial.com slash dudecast, you get uh, a free trial, a free 30-day trial of Audible uh, where you get access to their over their library of over 200,000 audiobooks, many, many podcasts, and thousands of exclusives that you can't get anywhere else except for Audible. And use that use that uh, URL, audibletrial.com slash dudecast. If you do that, you'll get a free audiobook. You'll get access to all the Audible exclusives, and it's completely risk-free. You can cancel any time uh i actually just started rereading one of my favorite book series um the the circle trilogy which is dumb because there's four books in the trilogy by ted decker a little christian fiction but it's a series that i, I love uh i started i started reading that on audible again so christian fiction kind of like the book of mormon ah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly more to come uh well actually that that gave me a meme idea so you prepare to see that later uh, <laughs> be like this book. It's like <laughs> we love Christian fiction authors, guys like Ted Decker and uh, what was the name of the guy who did uh, *The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe*? C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, Joseph Smith. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, so breaking from that, I finished my Audible thing somewhere in there. All right. So tonight, we are talking about the church at Mars Hill, specifically the church of Mars Hill in Seattle. Um, famously, the church ran by Mark Driscoll for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. Mark Driscoll was, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to, at this point, episode 30-whatever of the DudeCast, um, I can't see a world where a listener to our dude cast doesn't know who Mark Driscoll is. But if you don't take mm -hmm. a minute to Google him, there's all kinds of YouTube videos. Oh, At one yeah. point in time, he was known as the cursing pastor, which wasn't super fair. Um, he kind of got that moniker and it wasn't really that accurate, but he liked the edginess of it. So he never like fought it. And he would occasionally mm -hmm. say like, 
hell from the pulpit and that would do it um yeah. and occasionally like the the curse word for the the concrete structure that separates two bodies of water um usually the hoover darn yeah the hoover darn um but no he he's very divisive he was a very boisterous speaker he was one of the first like cool 30 year old mega church pastors um mm-hmm. i really think that without mark driscoll you don't have guys today uh like stephen furtick um the pastor of uh, Hillsong, New York, who was recently removed because he had all kinds of issues. I can't remember his name right now. Um, but the was one who Lentz, was like Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz, yes, that's it. Um, I, I firmly believe that you don't get some of those guys and guys like them uh, without Mark Driscoll coming along the scene. And uh, mm-hmm. all of this, this conversation kind of came from the place of right now there's a podcast going on called uh, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Um, it's on most uh, podcast platforms. It's it's a podcast that's been produced by Christianity Today. Uh, it's really good. I've listened to, uh, there are seven episodes out as of right now. Um, one of them just came out uh, not too long ago, um, but it, it's very, very good. So, mm-hmm. and it talks about this. And so tonight on the podcast, we wanted to share kind of like our thoughts mm-hmm on this and maybe kind of give you guys an introduction. I'll totally, I, you know, I'm not afraid to cross promote that podcast. The rise and fall of Mars Hill is great. It's very good journalism too, in my opinion. Um, so check that out, but Phil, um, I, I'll kind of let you start us off, you know, just kind of share your thoughts on, I guess, Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill itself. Well, I have like, all right, I've got a pretty, I would say unique, but I'm pretty sure that like every single person that's our age that, you know, is, is going to church has a very similar experience. Uh, I kind of have a love hate relationship with the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, when, when we were in Bible college and I first got there uh, for those that don't have like that haven't heard this already. When I first got to Bible college, I went to a, a, a small, small Bible college in Pineville, Kentucky. Uh, they've got about 1,100 people that live in the entire city. Uh, it's in the heart of Appalachia, right by – it's in the Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee border area, the tri-state area. But it's a city uh, built to withstand a zombie apocalypse because it has a flood oh, wall that surrounds the whole place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I first – when I first got there, I drove into the city. I was listening to a punk band called a global threat. I had on a studded belt and I had on a punk battle vest that had studs, patches, all that stuff. Uh, I had a shaved head because three days before my hair was green. I pull into the city and the first billboard I see is for the radio station that says we play both types of music, country and bluegrass. So that's the context by which I get to Bible college. And when I get to Bible college, I mean, this is a school that at one point in time was called the Kentucky mountain preacher school. I did not fit in at all. Uh, not even a little bit. <laughs> no, no. Like uh, the, the, when I walked into orientation, the Dean was there and he's like, so are you from the forestry camp? Because there which was is a, a prison. <laughs> it's a prison that was seven miles away from campus. And little side note, people would escape all the time because there was no walls or no fences or anything like that. And at least once a semester, there was a helicopter flying around with spotlight on campus. So that was pretty fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that's the the context in which I first start my journey towards uh, Christianity. I was less than a year sober. I was in the church for less than a year. I didn't get saved until 2012. I was started Bible college in 2010. So I was there for two years. I'm surrounded by people that listen to uh, Adrian Rogers, Charles Stanley's W.A. Criswell, uh, the like the the very upstanding uh, suit and tie, you know, famous pastors from like the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these people are talking about, uh, you know, all of all of this stuff, and um, 
they, they want to be like this person or they want to have this position in this, you know, the KBC or the SBC or all this stuff. And here I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I've got gauges, I've got my lip pierced and I, I'm still, I still have a horrible mouth on me. Uh, I'm still a smart aleck. I'm still secretly sneaking off campus to smoke. I mean, like I'm listening to punk rock when everyone else is uh, like listening to not even like, not even like Hillsong, but I don't know, bluegrass. So like I get there and one of my friends that was there was like, Hey, have you heard of Mark Driscoll? I'm like, no, who is it? And I listened to one of his sermons and I'm thinking like this, this is a guy I can get behind. Like everyone else I'm listening to is they are, uh, like I said, uh, Charles Stanley, Adrian Rogers. Like, I mean, these are good, solid brothers and good, solid preachers, but that's not what I was used to. I'm used to going to punk shows every Friday and Saturday and like waking up on Sunday, not knowing where I've been for the last two days. Uh, I'm used to getting in fights in the middle of like back alleys. Like I'm, that's what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. And a year later I go to this Bible college and everyone's like talking about this and like Charles Stanley and all that stuff. And I'm just like, what did I get myself into? Like the church that I went to, uh, they, they refer to themselves as Bapticostal. It was, uh, you know what, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, it's, I think it's the church that you graduated in. Oh, in downtown Pineville. No, no. Oh, so Middlesboro. Oh, okay. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe I, I can't, With the I father can't and son. I'm old, dude, or I feel fair old. Enough. Like I can't remember. <laughs> that was what it's 2021. That was seven years ago. Like <laughs> that's fair. My memory is horrible. <laughs> All right, so like the first church I go to on a Sunday, and this guy is jumping up and down, screaming, and he's running around. And I'm thinking, like, this is not what I'm used to. Like, I don't want. I don't. I kept thinking, like, I don't want to show. I don't want these people to. I don't want this. I don't get it. Like, just tell me what the, like, open up the Bible, pick a verse and tell me what it says. Mm -hmm. Tell me how the Bible can apply to my life. And those are pretty much all the churches around that area. So someone tur turns me on to Mark Driscoll and they're like, listen to this guy. And he opens up the Bible and it's an, an hour sermon, like walking through Romans. Like that was my expository sermons. Yeah. yeah he he preached expository. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my introduction to expository preaching. I loved it. I could not get enough of that. Um, and I like the fact that this guy was rough around the edges, that he said some pretty harsh things that like he was very blunt. Like I, I would listen to this and be like, that, OK, that's me. Uh, I, I can get on board with that. I get that. And then someone I found out he started writing books. So I, I, I read his book. I think it was like, I think it's called Doctrine. I read that book and I'm thinking like, okay, this makes sense. Like, okay, this is my first introduction to theology. This makes sense. Because again, mind you, I'm less than a year saved or mm -hmm. less than a year in the church. I'm less than a year sober. I have no idea about any of this stuff. And this is my first introduction to, to a theology book. This is my first introduction to expository preaching. This is my first introduction to, you know, being called out to live a biblically consistent lifestyle. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is amazing. Uh, my wife and I, we went, did our premarital counseling with his book, Real Marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this was fantastic. And I, I kept at the time we were at, at Bible college, everyone kept saying like, oh, you know, Mark Driscoll's, you know, he's a bad guy. And it's like, okay, well, you just don't like him because he's, he's, he's different. Mm -hmm. And so on one hand, like I, I kind of owe a lot to the guy's ministry because of this, uh, while he, all this bad stuff was going on, I was introduced to expository preaching. I was introduced to to theology, like diving deep into the word through his, through his ministry. Mm -hmm. But at the same time that all of that stuff, like, yeah, God used that in a credible way in my life. Doesn't make his ministry and what he did in the context of his ministry. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, God used him, but God also talked out of a donkey. I mean, God can make a, a straight line with a crooked stick. Uh, while God used him, in a very powerful way in a lot of people's lives. Mm -hmm. He he was he's unfit. He did terrible things. He he disqualified himself on numerous occasions. He overstuffed yeah. his line. I mean, there there's so many things that happened in in his ministry 
that are, and I know there's some people that will like kind of jump to like, oh, this is gossip. No, these are verifiable things. Like elders have come out and said, like, this has happened. Look yeah. up William Wallace the second, like his the things he said on these message boards, like he said some pretty profane things and not not things like uh men need to act like men. If not, they're they're stupid. And yeah, that was that's that's par for the course with this guy, but he said some pretty vile things uh about women and about men that that he feels were were uh not masculine enough. I mean, the guy said a lot of pretty bad things. Yeah. So on one hand, I'm really grateful for him. And on the other hand, it's like, dude, he did terrible things to a lot of people in his mm-hmm. context of his ministry. Well, people like us, you know, our age, you know, men who have been in ministry, men who are like in their early 30s um, or maybe even just middle to late 30s, too, who mm-hmm. have been a part of ministry since we were, you know, out of high school, early college mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, you would be lying to say that Mark Driscoll didn't have some sort of impact on you because he was uh, at, at his, when we were in college, he was at his peak popularity, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, for context, you know, um, I started attending college in uh, fall of 2008. And I think you were what, 2009 or 10, 2010. Um, and so like he was at his peak there for about four years. And in 2014 mm-hmm. is when kind of really when like all this stuff sort of came to a head. Um, but while we were in school, he was, I mean, he was, he was the boisterous, uh, boisterous, uh, mm-hmm. bold speaker who wasn't afraid to call men to be men. And that was yeah. something that, you know, uh, a lot of the guys that you would watch on, and I hate to say it this way because it's not right, but the televangelists, the, the preachers that you see in media at that point in time weren't like that. Um, I now I, I know now that like, you know, for a young person, you can turn on the television and you can see, quote unquote, manly men preaching and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. um, for all of Stephen Furtick's faults, you know, like he's he's a man. And so, like, we you know, when he goes up to preach, he's you know, he's not very like effeminate in his mannerisms. He it's, mm-hmm. it's not like uh, the crystal cathedral where they wore like the big dress garb and made it very feminine. And it's not like yeah. uh, the Jesus culture movement, um, which I love Jesus culture, the band. Um, but uh, it's not like, it's not like their thing where <laughs> it's like, Oh, you know, you know, God is just, God is our homie and we just need to chill with him. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not that it was actual bold, like, you know, God is holy and he, he demands a standard out of us men be mm-hmm. that standard. That's who Christ called it to be. Cause so, I mean, I remember listening to many of a, a Driscoll sermon and being very motivated to be a, a better man, to be a more biblical man. Um, mm-hmm. I, I failed a lot at it. I failed a lot at mm-hmm. it. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, looking at now and, and again, this isn't this isn't a gossip or a gossip session just to talk bad about somebody. But mm-hmm. it's it's a conversation because I think it's important for young men or maybe even men who aren't young, um, but just people in, in ministry uh, to kind of check yourself to see where you're at, because what uh, what's come out in the last several what's come out in the, you know, seven years since you know august 2014 when this like really came to a head um Mm -hmm. was a lot of just the fact that driscoll was a bully um yeah he he said horrible people he he manipulated systems um one of the stories that they tell like in that podcast the rise and fall of mars hill is that they had a church uh message board which if you're young yeah. and listening to this, you might not know what that is, but a message board was essentially um, a, a way to communicate a, a, in a group um, uh, online. And so you post a topic and people could kind of comment on it, almost like a, you know, a, a status or a post on Instagram now uh, or, or Facebook. Um, but, but it would all relate to that, that he actually had Driscoll had a burner, essentially yeah. a burner account yeah. where he mm-hmm. would say, horrible things like mm-hmm. and like and you were you you were absolutely right horrible things about women not just mm-hmm. not what the world would say is a horrible thing about a woman that you know hey god has a design for the family god designed the man to be the head of the household mm-hmm. um and the leader and stuff like that like the 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 secular world would say that's horrible you know he would say absolutely horrible things mm-hmm. um about women using that burner account to almost be like a provocateur um yeah and then it came out later that that was him. So it's like, oh my goodness, he mm-hmm. was saying that while he was the pastor. Uh, 
he jumped ship a few times mm-hmm. on different uh, theological uh, positions. Um, whenever the uh, uh, what was it the, the the YRR came through in like the nineties, which mm-hmm. was the Young Restless Re- Reformed, um, which was kind of like a, a, a restirring of uh, reform slash you know Calvinist uh, theology mm-hmm. and men and stuff and and uh, in uh, like Bible colleges and seminaries and stuff like that. Whenever the YRR mm-hmm. came through, uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Mark was like, oh, "Yeah, I'm Reformed. I'm Calvinist." Um, mm-hmm. But then he slipped away from that, and it just he was he was really good at jumping to the popular trend and. Yeah. Just, but not being so blunt about it that people would be like, well, hey, this guy's just changing his tune a little bit to, mm-hmm. to, to, to cash in. But when you look back on it now, historically, you're like, wow, he absolutely did that. You know, he mm-hmm. was uh, when he started out, it was the Jesus culture, the Crystal Cathedral, the, you know, hey, you know, sort of the what the, the early 90s, late 80s. Uh, prosperity gospel was and then it became mm-hmm. the bold and abrasive um you know yrr reformed calvinism and then sort of leaned more into the uh just secular humanist a, a little bit um after he was at his peak popularity but he, he bullied people he manipulated um he fired yeah. people if they disagreed with him he didn't want any mm-hmm. kind of accountability uh it was a really rough thing and so that should serve as a warning to us like you know if you're in ministry where is your pride at you know yeah are you are you a bold leader or are you a jerk and there's a difference mm-hmm. i mean yeah and that that's probably out of the entire series now i will say that the series the series itself it is a little biased mm-hmm. um that you can't it's very very difficult to remove uh, bias from journalism and some of that bias does come out and and i know that there there will be some people that are kind of put off by it because uh i mean it is from christianity today christianity today is very uh they're they lean more egalitarian and more uh progressive in theology i mean they're still yeah, they're not traditional conservative christianity they're not yeah i mean they're they're i'd say they're within the bounds of orthodoxy but they're on the left side of it, whereas, you know, we'd be on the right side of it. Mm -hmm. So there is that bias. Uh, With that said, uh, they do a very, very good job of kind of examining uh, kind of the history behind what gave the, and what allowed Mark Driscoll uh, to, to get to the point of popularity that he was at. And it's, it kind of adds context to why so many of us, especially like people like you and me, uh, and, you know, people in the, in the, like, especially guys in their thirties, um, uh, you know, their early to, to mid thirties, even to the late thirties is because like, if you look at the trends of who, like the church through the generations, like, and they, they do this in the first couple episodes, you know, you look at um, even going back to the 1950s, like they were very, very conservative, you know, everyone went to church and it was very, the church had a lot of, uh, public significance within the public realm of Mm -hmm. of community life Uh, the 60s it was kind of gave gave rise to like the jesus movement Mm -hmm. um and then out of that um the hour of power kind of uh i can't i can't think of the guy's name crystal cathedral uh yeah the crystal cathedral that was kind of the first mega church and then out of that come bill hybels and uh, this the the Bill Hybels and then Robert Schuler, Bill, yeah Schuler, that's who it is. Yeah. Uh, so um, Rob, or Bill Hybels was kind of a, a, a student of Robert Schuler, and then right around that same time, you have Rick Warren come out with the Purpose Driven Life. Uh, Rick Warren is you know he was the he's the was the pastor of Saddleback Church in California, um, and they started to view the church as a corporate thing. As they, they looked at it from a corporate aspect, Bill Hybels had a his degree or his his experience was in business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rick Warren, his experience was in I, th- I think it was like marketing. So they they were looking for you know the urbanites. They were looking. If you all right, 
just a point that exact like an example of this google saddleback sam yeah this is this is a cartoon that rick warren had of their ideal member of who they wanted to reach Mm. and it's it's an upper middle class you know i hate to use this term but a yuppie yeah that's Um, exactly what essentially what rick warren would do is he would look at like census data to predict where the next like you said upper middle class Mm -hmm. area would grow and he would mm-hmm. find that growth potential. And then he wanted to plant mm-hmm. a church there. And at the time he did yeah. it, Saddleback was the place that everyone was saying like, hey, this area is going to explode with uh, mm-hmm. with residential families and stuff like that. And so Rick was like, we'll plant a church there and we'll reap. I don't think he may have not used these words, but, you know, like we'll reap the rewards from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like that that mentality within the church that was our parents upbringing uh that generation you know rick warren is from our parents generation mm-hmm. and um now granted i, I grew up in a, a fairly average sized church in a, in a fairly you know moderate sized city uh the city i grew up in has like five thousand people it's not bustling at the seams but it's also not pineville uh you know our school was a somewhat small school but i mean it, we i mean it had maybe a thousand students so i mean like it wasn't big it wasn't tiny it was just an average city our church that we went to an average church we had about 120 150 people that went there um vbs had the bus ministry very very average church however our church was also very influenced by that mentality of saddleback the seeker sensitive uh when I'll never forget. Like I remember my aunt reading the book purpose driven life and she went nuts for it. Um, There were a lot of people. I remember like people saying like, well, do we need the cross in the church? It might be offensive to some people. Yeah. And like, we look at this now and thinking like, why would you even think that? But at the time people were thinking like, you know what, that, that makes sense. People might be put off by having what essentially is, is a medieval torture device or an ancient torture device hanging on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, they were looking at that, like, let's make, let's make the church experience comfortable for people to come into. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of the, the church culture that we grew up in. I mean, I don't know if that the experience is similar for you, but for everyone I've talked to, everyone that, you know, that's everyone, all trends I've seen, that's kind of been the experience for people our age growing up in that kind of church culture. So by the time we get to, you know, college and we get out on our own and we enter the ministry, we're looking at like, okay, the seeker sensitive thing is starting not to make sense. Like, why would we get rid of the cross? Mm-hmm. Uh, why would we cater to lost people? Like we start to develop our own opinions and we think like, okay, here, some of the things that we learned growing up doesn't really make sense. Like an, an example of this would be J.D. Greer when he came out with the book, Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't. I can't count how many times I've heard. I I I, I said that to people. I heard people say that in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, just ask Jesus into your heart. And then JD JD Greer comes out and says, like, no, stop asking him that. That's not a biblical statement. That no, is a false gospel. Yeah, that's nowhere in either testament. Yeah. new, old, so, or made up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Book of Mormon. Uh, so you know, we see these things and we're like, okay, well, if that's unbiblical, what else is unbiblical? And then here, like a freight train, Mark Driscoll comes in and is like, uh, this is all of what, a lot of the stuff that you learned just doesn't make any sense. Why would we get rid of the cross? Mm -hmm. Uh, Stopped acting like a sissy. Let's look at what the Bible says, start in Romans one and let's go all the way to Romans 16. Um, And we ate it up because I mean, it's the exact opposite of what we had in our churches as a kid. And, you know, in my own experience, I'm coming back into the church at 21 and I get saved at 23. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a part of a church. I mean, it's nothing but sissies. It's Mm -hmm. a social club. Like I I want, I I was an atheist in high school. Like I come, I came out and I, I had countless conversations with my cousin uh, about like, you know, theodicy, like why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. If God's real, then why does child cancer happen or stuff like that? Yeah. And I needed these questions. I needed these questions to answer. Like, oh, how do you explain, um, 
you know, the, why don't we have evidence for this? Or, you know, and, and my cousin sat me down and was like, you've got these questions. Look, let's look at what Bible says. Whereas the culture that the church culture that we grew up in, it was more of like, here, have some veggie tales. Let's have some goldfish and talk about Jesus for five minutes and then go play games. Mm -hmm. Or you come to these questions like, oh, just have faith. Ask Jesus into your heart. Yeah. And like, that's what we grew up in. And then we get, we have, you know, this guy coming in and it's like, well, I've got these questions. Well, let's look what the Bible says. Yeah, he was abrasive. Like, yeah, he would call us morons. And yeah, he would yell at people during sermons, but at the same time, like he's answering the questions that we have. He's getting down, he's exposing these unbiblical things that we were taught as kids. And that's so many people needed to hear that. And because, you know, he was, it was like, it was the perfect combination of, of abrasiveness and telling of the truth that so many people got intoxicated with his personality that they just saw these other things he was doing. Like, yeah, he's saying these things on message boards, but have you heard his sermon series over, you know, Mark? Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you can't deny his, the, the benefit of his ministry. And so, yeah, well, well yeah, he may he may have dropped the, the F word or the S word in, a, in the pulpit, but it was powerful how he said it. Yeah. So many people he got a, he got a pass on so many things just because and and, and this and, and the the podcast Rise and Fall of Mars Hill talks about this. He got a pass on so many things because people were buying into it, people were eating it up. Yeah. It's it, it's kind of like the whole uh <laughs> I'm a big Jordan is the goat. That, that, that like that's me. Just to well, be yeah, honest you're, with you're, you. I mean, he, you're a rational, you're a rational <laughs> guy that is, has common sense. And now I know I'm talking to a guy from Cleveland. So I mean, even if I believe that LeBron was the greatest, there's no way I could convince you that he was. Um, oh, he's not. But like that's you know you look at like Jordan and you know people people who would like play with Jordan or played against Jordan would say like like you know he was not a nice guy. Like he would make rookies cry. Who was who was mm-hmm. the rookie that was like the number one overall? Or something like that, and he like Jordan absolutely broke him, and he ended up being a bust. Um, mm-hmm. But people would tolerate that and be like, "Yeah, Jordan's an absolute jerk, but he is also getting results." And that was kind mm-hmm. of the thing with uh, Driscoll is that he was uh, uh, abrasive and, and, and offensive and loud and and uh, not kind all the time. But mm-hmm. man, he could draw a crowd, and man, he, mm-hmm. he was he was the first guy who figured out uh, video sermons and, and mm-hmm. was, social yeah. media, th- like YouTube was, you know, he, he was one of the guys that figured out like, Hey, mm-hmm. this is a way to get it out there. Um, and he was successful at it. Now I know it kind of sounds like we're puffing him up, but I hope you guys here who are listening to this, you hear our intent that like mm-hmm. he, he, he started off with a lot of good. Um, but ultimately the, the entrapments of celebrity uh, got to him and he started to do things to just gain more celebrity or maintain the celebrity that he already had. And as Philip mentioned earlier, he, in a multiplicity of events, uh, disqualified himself from being a pastor biblically. Um, Mm -hmm. And so now he rightfully isn't the pastor of Mars Hill and the church, Mm -hmm. you know, the elders asked him to step down or Mm -hmm. they they fired him. Um, Yeah. But this should, like I said earlier, this should serve um, as a warning to us. It's like, hey, you know, be be wary of the celebrity that comes along with being a pastor, mm-hmm. because ultimately it's I want to use some very worldly language to talk about. And I don't I don't mean like, you know, swear words, but I, I'm going to use some worldly language to talk about the role of preacher pastor in a church. I was fixing to say, like, is Corey about to cuss? No, no, I'm not going to cuss. It's uh, just from just from be, being able to stand up in front of people and publicly speak is a skill that not everyone has. And it's a skill that many people will envy others for having. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're able to do that, you're automatically going to increase your you're going to increase somebody's opinion of you if you're able to half eloquently and half decently speak publicly you're going to think like wow this guy's no knows what he's doing this guy's an all right mm-hmm. guy blah 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 and there is just some base entrapments in that so you know if you're a young man 
or an old man and you're in a position of ministry and Mm -hmm. you know take some time to audit yourself be like hey am i am i in position where i'm taking advantage of the fact that i can speak publicly even even a little bit even if you're a bad speaker you're willing to do it Mm -hmm. um i mean i I heard all my life growing up that the the people the number one greatest fear in uh, uh for an American was to have to speak in public. And number two was dying. Um, so just, it just, just, just to be perfectly honest in our world to step up and speak in front of a group of people shows some stones. Mm-hmm. So that's, gonna, yeah. that, that's, that's going to, that's going to endear you to somebody a little bit, but be careful with that. There's a reason that over and over and over, Paul reminded us that, that you know, what the qualifications for an overseer were is and it, mm-hmm. it wasn't, that um mm-hmm. it was much more i read much more humility in paul's qualifications for an overseer or an elder mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i don't know and so i really want to encourage you guys just to listen to that or do your own research because there's a lot that can be learned from this it's mm-hmm. it, several couple few hours of good journalism too and again like phil said there it's it's christianity today is what it is um but they did a half decent job of this um mm-hmm. phil do you have any final thoughts on mars hill slash mark driscoll no man i mean to quote the great theologian forrest gump that's all i gotta say about that all right, guys. Well, uh, I know this is sort of a weird episode. It's kind of mine and Phillip's way of getting back into just talking to each other or talking into mm-hmm. the void of a microphone with no live listeners. Um, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Um, but until then, please uh, engage with us on Facebook and Instagram. Talk to us. We'd love to hear from you all. Um, if we're idiots, tell us we're idiots. If we say something good, tell us we say something good. Uh, check out our website where we've posted a few articles here recently, uh, deuteronomy.org. Um, or, and if you want to talk to Phil and I directly, you can always do that by emailing us at deuteronomypod at gmail.com. So from myself and Philip and everybody else at Deuteronomy, thank you for listening to the DudeCast. <laughs>